Ho, ho, ho. Tis the season, Dan. I would expect nothing less as December is almost upon us. I, I didn't want to start off with just traditional Christmas music, because what fun would that be? Everybody loves a good Michael Buble, you know, oldie but goodie. I mean, everybody's favorite song should be Baby It's Cold Outside. Like, <laughs> there's just, <laughs> just some negative stigmatism around there. But uh, if you have never listened to it before, I don't know if I've plugged it before. Christmas trap music is <laughs> is next level if you're ready to upgrade your Christmas listening. Is that like a good like you know, workout, like get you hyped like playlist? It, it it dude it, some of them hit hard and it's <laughs> awesome i yes some of them are pretty fan freaking fantastic well that's the more you know i would have never guessed christmas trap music would be on my bingo card for this podcast tonight but you know expect the unexpected when it comes to dan and the, the podcast it's what we're here for i almost went with an nwo song but to say <laughs> christmas trap music was better i like it well dan it's just you and i tonight so we um still got a mixture in spirit and in an Excel spreadsheet. Exactly. Um, we still got a lot to cover this week. Um, got four trades, some big ones, if I may say so myself. Um, playoffs, you know, things are still up for grabs, you know, in both divisions. Um, as we, you know, two weeks to go. That's it. Um, so we'll go through some of those scenarios and kind of talk about how that's sitting. And then, of course, we'll go through the matchups and break down um, you know, who we think is going to pull things out um, and how things are looking for those games. Sound good, Daniel? Let's rage. All right. So let's talk about some trades. We have four of them that went down this week. And, you know, they're they're nothing or they're all kind of like big ones, in my opinion. There's some big names for sure. There are. There's some big names. So if my thing would load, the first trade we have involved Nick Ruth and Stefan. And in this one, Nick Ruth received Cooper Cup. Zach Ertz, and in return, Stefan received Chris Godwin, Jawan Johnson, a 2023 fourth-round draft pick that is Kevin's, and a 2024 third-round draft pick that is Nick Ruth's. Dan, what are your thoughts on this? Big name. Huge name. Wide receiver number five, wide receiver number one last year. Cooper Cup is on the move to a rebuilding team. Um, on IR, six to eight weeks, so this is great for Nick's shed points and mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, and you get Zach Ertz. I, I don't know where I stand on Zach Ertz. She's 32. I don't fully understand the acquiring of a 32-year-old tight end, but I'm pretty sure this piece had to be included in part of the deal. Sure. Um, again, IR, shed points, and everything like that. But I, I really this Juwan Johnson guy I think is really emerging as a weapon in the Saints offense. I, I do own a piece of Adam Troutman. Fuck you, Taysom Hill. But Juwan Johnson has he's on a three touchdown week right now. He's he's recorded a or no, I'm sorry, he didn't um he did he didn't get one this week. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But he had three touchdowns in a row. He's had a two touchdown game. He's 26, two years in the league. Interesting. Godwin. Uh, Great week last week, had some injury pieces, consistently over 10 points. Um, but this is the first week where he broke 20. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting piece. It's definitely helped Stefan in the I'm here now. This is it's a big name. Um, is he a free agent at the end of this year? Uh, no, he's not. He's still locked up in uh, Tampa Bay for a bit. They signed okay. him last year to a deal, I believe. Okay, so I mean, I mean, so that quarterback situation's will be interesting going forward. You've got some picks, but I, I still think that the fact that Nick gets Cooper Cup is is a big win. He's 29, I get it, but he is completely dominant at the wide receiver position. I, yeah. I, think it, I think it's a good trade. I think overall it's a very good trade. Yeah, so I mean, the the fun thing like this time of year is we see trades go down that – You know, they happen because either teams are contending, teams are rebuilding, and they want to accomplish two different things. Uh, You know, a week ago, this trade makes no sense. There's no chance in hell Stefan's moving Cooper Cup because of his potential. But, you know, now that he's out for the season, more or less, or the fantasy season, you know, Stefan needs to plug in the gap. And, you know, Godwin is someone that can do that. He also gets a little bit younger, which, you know, could help. But I'm with you. I mean, Godwin's been a little bit inconsistent this year, and I don't think he has, like, the elite upside, you know, that we've seen Cooper Cup show. Um, I know Cup's getting up there in age, and even though Nick's a rebuilding team, you know, you still need proven talent. Um, You need players that can perform, and Cup is on, like, kind of a Hall of Fame, like, path. 
And those guys, like, they usually last for, like, a long time. I mean, you know, you look at Antonio Brown, like, dude's a nutcase, but, like, he still slept walk to, like, 16 points a game and still could probably do it tomorrow if he was called out to, to play for someone on Sunday. So Cup, I think, is someone that could, you know, be viable in the fantasy world for the coming years. Um, everything else in the in the trade, I'm, you know, not really sure on. Juwan Johnson, I think he's just purely touchdown dependent and he's on a streak. Um, the picks are nice, I guess. Um, Ertz, he's, you know, again, kind of like tight ends are just such a wasteland. Like he's probably, you know, something that could be viable next year. Maybe I think he's a free agent and could end up in a different situation. And, you know, he was top five tight end like the past two years. Um, so that's, you know, that's a decent piece, you know, could help Nick's team. Um, if Kyle Pitts, you know, is struggling next year or just, you know, depth is always appreciated. So um, I think it makes sense for Stefan, what he was trying to accomplish for Nick. Um, I think it's a slam dunk. So um, I, I lean that this is kind of a fair trade overall. Yeah. No, it, it, well, uh, do you want to read Nick's notes? Sure. Um, so Nick, uh, just quick summary. He sent us kind of a spreadsheet breakdown uh, since he couldn't be here. And, you know, ultimately he, you know, no one likes talking about their own trades. You know, you have your reasons why you do it and, you know, you, you can't really shed too much light on it. But I think the general gist is that he, you know, Juwan Johnson's an interesting piece and Godwin's, you know, someone that's nice, but the picks are late. And I think the chance to get, you know, two guys in cup um, who's elite and Ertz, who, you know, at the tight end position, you know, I don't want to say he's elite, but he's a proven guy, you know, could be an asset, could be two guys that could help him contend next year. So I think this is something that it helps shift Nick's team towards the future with an eye on contention because, you know, that's what he's aiming for. He's got a couple picks next year. You know, he's got guys coming back from injuries, hopefully. He's got young guys that are wanting to, or, you know, hopefully reaching kind of fantasy superstardom. You know, Nick's, the goal's contending next year. Tanking is not going to be an option. So, yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Let's move on to the next trade. And this was, was this the most shocking one of the, the four trades? Yeah, it's not. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's go through it. So this one involves Stefan again and Armand. And in this deal, Stefan received Dak Prescott. And in return, Armand receives Jared Goff, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, and a 2024 third-round draft pick that is Nick Ruth's. Dan, how are you feeling about this one? Oh, man. So, Jared Goff's on a decent way to go here. He's, he's 28, so he's a year younger than, than Dak is. Doesn't play for as dynamic as an offense as Dak does. Okay. Christian Kirk's 26. Christian Kirk has been relatively decent catching the ball from Trevor Lawrence. Um, the one thing I haven't looked at is these guys contract situations, but I Kirk's there and he got paid this off season. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, then we move into the last piece, which is DJ Moore. 25 ugly offense, which Sam Darnold somehow potentially revived this week. God, that's fucking scary to say. Um, four catches, 103 yards and a touchdown. Still a young piece. Um, I, I don't know why Stefan makes this move. I, Stefan makes this move. Interesting. I just, I like Kirk more and the additional depth you get. Yes. Dak has a more dynamic offense. Mm-hmm. Dak has some intangible pieces that are there, but he is also coached by Mike McCarthy and sure. Mike McCarthy can't get it done. When we look I mean, at, he got it done. Dak got it done last year when he was a top ten quarterback. I mean, back from that yep, injury. Yep, and absolutely outstanding. I don't know if giving up these three pieces. I mean, this is fantastic for Armand. I, I, I you get a, a young wide receiver who's blossoming with a franchise quarterback. TJ mm-hmm. Moore. I mean, granted, we don't know which DJ Moore we're going to find. Yep. Goff has proven that he's not going to lose his job in Detroit. Year younger, Aramon St. Brown is becoming an absolute weapon in this league. I think this Lions team is a couple pieces away from potentially being very decent. I, 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 
call me on the the low side of this, but I don't know if I fully buy the. I don't know if it's. I wouldn't call it an overspend, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100 percent sure Dak was worth the price of two young receivers. Yeah, so I'm on definitely the opposite side of this one. I think this is an absolute home run for Stefan. Um, Dak, you know, we've seen in our league, like quarterbacks, especially like elite ones, like even just any quarterback, usually it's a pretty premium price that you have to pay to acquire them. Um, especially one like that Dak that at least from my perspective, I view him as a top 10 dynasty, you know, option at the position, you know, he's under 30, you know, we see quarterbacks consistently nowadays play to like their mid to late thirties, some even all the way up to their forties. So, I mean, he's got like a long career ahead of him. When you look at Stefan's team, like the one weakness he's consistently had outside of like having like Brady is like the quarterback position for him. And the fact that he could get someone like Dak for these pieces, I think it's an absolute slam dunk. So when you break it down, like I think value wise, it's well, okay, let's just break down like the players then that was given up. Jared Goff, I think, is a fine quarterback. Um, I think he's someone that isn't necessarily someone that you can pencil in for like or use a pen to write like his name down for long-term, but I think he can be a nice plug and play, you know, for the next couple of years, but he's kind of approaching that Andy Dalton tier of quarterback where he might get a job, you know, he might be a backup. He might be sitting behind someone like next year, like the lions could be drafting a quarterback. He could be holding the clipboard for half the year. Um, but because there's not a lot of quarterbacks, I think he'll always find himself in an option to be a plug and play guy. But like, you don't want this guy to be someone that you're relying on as your everyday starter. If he's your third quarterback, great. If he's your second or heaven forbid your first, I think you're fucked. Christian Kirk, I think is an intriguing option. And I think he's had a good year here in um, Jacksonville. I just worry about his development long-term or his production long-term right now. Like this team is no one like, can you name like three pass catchers on this Jacksonville Jaguars team outside of Christian Kirk? It's, I mean, he's doing great, don't get me wrong, but I think we're going to see Calvin Ridley come back. You know, we're going to see maybe this Jags team draft a wide receiver or sign another wide receiver or tight end or something like that. And then, I mean, what happens to this production? I mean, Kirk's been propped up. He's fourth in the league in touchdowns right now. Um, That is, you know, touchdowns are a little bit of a fluky stat. I mean, if you're a contender this year, I think you want, you know, Christian Kirk 100%. But if you look at, like, um, Armand's team, you know, rebuilding, you know, is this a piece that's going to be someone you want, like, long-term? Sure, you want him, but is this, like, a good foundational piece for someone like Dak? I don't know. DJ Moore, you know, he is an enigma, but he is young. He has shown upside. You know, we, you know, I kind of called it last week, but he did ball out with, you know, Sam Darnold this week, and I think the potential's there. But I think if you're going to move someone like Dak, like, I want, like, three DJ Moores. I don't want someone like Kirk who I'm skeptical on having consistent long-term production like we've seen this year. And someone like Jared Goff, who I don't think he's going to be out of a job necessarily, but I think he's someone that like, you know, he could lose his job midway through the year to a rookie, or he could, you know, just outright be in an like a bad situation. Like this Lions team passes the ball a lot. Like what happens if he goes to like a team like, I mean, I don't even know. Um, you know, Houston next year or some random like position or team that just doesn't pass the ball a lot, you know, it might not be as good. So long story short, I love it for Stefan. I think it's a home run for Armand. I think if you were contending, it might make sense to get these pieces, but the fact that you're rebuilding, you know, you don't have, you don't have a first round pick this year. You don't have a first round pick next year. Yeah. You've got some guys coming back from injuries like next year to look forward to. And you have some other late round picks. You know, Calvin Ridley's coming back and J.K. Dobbins coming back. But, like, is this team going to be good enough to contend next year? Maybe. But, like, you know, your your path to, like, really being good, I think, involved building around Dak and Tua. I don't know if I like this approach with selling him for basically a couple, a quarter and a couple dimes and nickels. Yeah, I, I mean, the one part I forget about is we we worry about potential points. And these are guys that are going to get points each and every week. Yeah. And that that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, so Nick agrees with you, though. It's an it is this deal is an absolute home run for Stefan. Loses depth, but gets an arguable top 10 quarterback for the next few years, few years, which is by far his weakest position. Armand moves a big cornerstone piece for a youngish depth QB who is unemployed next year. Mon has a ton of holes, but it certainly helps build. Uh, but it creates a massive hole, which is proven league history to fill without doing 
the thorough draft and lack of draft capital makes that much harder. Stefan goes all in on the mantra of starting lineup wins championship, and it takes a lot of depth uh, to try and compete with the insane lineups of Adam and Zane. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just don't like it for Armand. I mean, I think the value-wise, I think it's fair. And if Armand's team was, like, contending this year, I could maybe, like, squint and it makes sense. But the fact that you don't even know, like, if your team's going to be, like, a playoff team next year, like, I just, I'd rather have Dak then in that case. That's, that's true. I guess I, I, I will waver on my position as, <laughs> as I read your notes in that way. Convinced you, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's convincing. I think it's just okay. calling into light a couple things that I not, didn't necessarily think of in the seven seconds of preparation I did <laughs> before recording this podcast. My, my big worry is do I have two drinks sitting next to me when we start this? And am, do I have everything loaded up so I'm not fucking clicking my keyboard 18 million times during it? Um, yeah, I mean, okay. You guys are you guys are pushing me towards Stefan's side. I, I will, I will waver. All right, fair enough. I'll take it. I'll take that as a W. Um, all right, let's move on to another deal that involved uh, some quarterbacks, and this one involved Kevin and Jerry. And in this deal, Kevin receives uh, Zach Milf Hunter Wilson, Irv Smith Jr., a 2023 third round draft pick that is Adams, a 2023 fourth round draft pick that is Nick Roots, five dollars in Fab. In return, Jerry receives Ryan Tannehill, a 2023 second-round draft pick that is Stephens, and Jamichael Hasty. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, let's start with the MILF Hunter. Yeah. He may never start another game in the NFL. I, I, I'm just going to put that there. He very well might not do it. The way the offense looked compared to what he was running it, compared to what Mike White was, mm-hmm. call me foolish, but that's night and day different. Mike went, went out there with, he flopped his dick on the table, said, what do I have to lose? And performed. He did it the same thing at the end of last year. Like, it, this is a, this is a win. I, I mean, this is, Jerry gets a aged starting quarterback, but Jerry gets a win now piece. I, again, I don't think Zach Wilson's the answer anywhere. Don't think it's a win anywhere. Irv Smith is injured. Yep. He is on a team that just traded for TJ Hawkinson. Yep. Cue up the Dan did not research any contract pieces before starting on here. So yeah, I think he's about to be a free agent, but I don't know. I mean, he's he's he's, 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 a, he's, he's a solid piece, but he is not flashy. And then we get to Jermichael Hasty, who, depending on how the Travis Etienne piece looks, he is the backup there, and. This, again, it could be a short-term win for Jerry as he tries to compete here over the next couple of weeks to make sure that he is 100% good to go, if not challenging for the buy. Gets a second to send a third and a fourth. Five dollars in fab is always tough. Like, like <laughs> I mean, that's just a big, that's a big piece of fab to give away. You know that's what? That's like five trades worth. Yeah. No, right? Come on. Um, I think this is a big win for Jerry short-term. I think uh-huh. this is a gamble for Kevin long-term. Yep. And I, I think the big win in this is Jerry gets a 23 second. Yeah. And I mean, Tannehill, who's like better than Zach Wilson as of today. And better than Zach Wilson as of a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I'm with, so like, okay, this kind of like personifies how much quarterbacks are valued in this league. Like Kevin was willing to pay like a 23 second in like a late second, albeit, but in a deep class, a starting quarterback to roll the dice for the rights to Zach Wilson, who let's remember is a top was the number two pick in his draft class does have talent. I'm with you. I don't really have much hope for him, but like, this is like what Kevin did like for a chance to get a young quarterback that has hope, you know? So this is why like for Dak to like trade someone like him, it just, it blows my mind. But anyways, for this deal, I'm with you. I, I don't know if Zach Wilson ever has another chance, you know, really to be a starter. I think he probably will start, but I think it says a lot that the Jets were so ready to like move on against this Bears defense that sucks. Like this was like a game to like maybe get the offense going, but like the coaching staff was like, no, we can't trust you. Like we're not risking it. The Bears defense, one of the worst in the league, but we don't trust you. So you're not even an option. So I don't think Zach Wilson, unless there's an injury, starts another game for the Jets. And I'm assuming he's going to probably get traded. And then at this point, does he become like, you know, um, I don't even know. Like, I, I I thought for like the longest time, like a young quarterback 
that has been benched and like turn around to survive. Like, you know, Tua was like pulled from games, but like the coaching staff always said like he was the guy after the fact. You know, it's pretty just speaks loudly like that the Jets just moved on and like did not really waver in like the this position at all. So I mean, I, I get it for Kevin. You know, quarterbacks are just so important. And Zach Wilson does have that upside and that chance to be good that, you know, to pay a late second to pay Tannehill, who's, you know, a bottom 10 quarterback, um, I, you know, I get it, you know, rolling the dice, it could pay off for him. Um, but I mean, I think for Jerry, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is like a real home run. He gets the pick. I mean, Tannehill at the very least is better than Zach Wilson today. So we'll help for contending. And, you know, who knows? I think he could even, you know, still be the starting quarterback in the coming years, you know, a la, you know, Jared Goff, it might not be like someone that you can pencil in to hundred percent be a starter, but he could be like a placeholder, you know, that Andy Dalton tier of quarterback that's brought into a situation. Maybe they're the starter, maybe they're the backup, who knows, but his number will probably get called again once, you know, at some point in the season. So I really like it for Jer. Um, for Kevin, I, I, I respect, you know, the, the upside swing. It's not like an absurd cost to pay. So it is what it is, but I think Jerry's probably going to like it a little bit better in the long term. And so short be- term. before I let you read Dick's notes, does this yeah. drafted in the first round, played a couple games, got benched, probably going to be traded and then dropped and cut, remind mm-hmm. you of any quarterback we might have seen in the last five years? His name is Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. I, I think this is Josh Rosen 2.0. I yeah, do. it's hard it's hard to argue with that. You know, Sam Darnold 2.0. You know, if you want to go back to the Jets, like it's yep. just it's again, he has the talent. It could happen, but I think it just speaks volumes how quickly the team is ready to move on in like a basically a gimme week against the Bears. And then the fact Mike White and this offense just lit the world on fire, as you would expect against the atrocious Bears defense. Like, you know, Wilson isn't starting the rest of the year and I, I said it last week, but Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be this team's quarterback next year, 100%. Yeah. Who do the Jets have this week? It's a great question. They have the Minnesota Vikings. So I guess we will see what Minnesota this week yep. at Minnesota and then at Buffalo in week 14. This will be the true test to see if Mike White has what it takes to do this or mm-hmm. if the Jets are going to be looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, very fair. All right, last trade, and this involved uh, two brothers. Me and Sam got together for a deal. And in this one, Sam received Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott. And in return, I received Javante Williams and a 2023 third-round draft pick. Dan, what are your thoughts? Did we cover Knicks on the last one, by the way? Um, Good question. Uh, Nope. Very quick and interesting, or very interesting trade could pay off big or backfire for Kevin. Time will tell. Um, Kat Tannehill, he's a solid quarterback with a short lifespan, but he does start, so this does you know help Jerry fill a position. Um, Kevin takes a you know it's a gamble for Kevin for a fourth quarterback for a lottery ticket. He actually likes the move. It sounds like for Kevin, um, just because of the lottery ticket, you know, probably upside that he sees with Zach Wilson. Um, you know, Cher gets, you know, pieces to compete and long-term pieces. Kevin gets younger at the quarterback position and some depth. He views it as a win-win. So he's a little bit off or, you know, you and I like it a bit more substantially for Jer. Kev or Nick sees it as a kind of toss up for both teams. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the trade that you just talked about. Yep. Let's hear it. Javante Williams, I think is a huge name. 22 years old. He's gonna be the bell cow when he's healthy this is a massive win for you i love this i think this is a this is a slam dunk for you um ezekiel elliott tony pollard's a thing i'm just gonna say it elliott and his lion's share of the backfield mm-hmm. is in question he got out edged him 51 percent of the snaps against the giants mm-hmm. i Love Tony Pollard. I'm just putting that out there. I think Tony Pollard is great. Amari Cooper, he's the guy in in Cleveland. I think that's a that's a big piece for Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's an upgrade in some of the starting positions. Is it an upgrade now that he gets to Sean Watson coming back this year? 
if they have the chemistry, absolutely. Their schedule coming into is a little bit nice for Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, he's going to be the guy in Cleveland for a couple of years. Yeah, a lot of it just depends on what this connection from Deshaun Watson we see. And this is the best weapon Deshaun Watson's ever thrown to. So if these guys can hook up, this is a big win for for Sam with the Amari Cooper piece. Long-term wise, though, love, love, love Javante Williams on your squad. One correction. He, Sean Watson did throw to DeAndre Hopkins for a few years. Oh, uh, better. yep. Sorry. Forgot about that. But no, I mean, I think, you know, from my perspective on it, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, like, I think at this point, he's like a better version of Jamal Williams. And, you know, he's getting all the goal line touches. You know, he's going to get like those, the short work for touchdowns if they get into that opportunity. Um, you know, if they have to grind out the games, you know, he'll be the guy. Um, one thing to watch is, you know, he could be part of, or he will probably be part of like the running back apocalypse this off season, uh, potentially could be a cut candidate, but I think because of what he brings to the table in the pass blocking game, I think he'd be a very desirable pickup for some of these, uh, contending teams. Um, so I don't think, you know, me personally, I don't think that this is all she wrote for Zeke just because what he brings like all around to the game and to a winning team, I think could see some value in getting him. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, hate to lose a guy like him. I think, you know, he's he's been basically right around a top 10 wide receiver option this season, and I think it's only going to get better with Watson. But, you know, to get Javante Williams, you know, his upside is just tantalizing. Um, you know, the thing that does suck is this could potentially be, like, not just obviously this year, but a good chunk, if not maybe all of next year, like looking at his situation um, for potentially being out. Um, so that kind of, you know, stings. But I think, you know, it's you know, it's a deal I just kind of had to do. Um, I didn't want to move Cooper, but you got to move something to get something. And I think Javante Williams has you know enough upside and is young enough to really be excited about to help my team um, more so in the future than Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott could. All right. What does Nick have to say about this? Uh, Nick is very excited that I'm finally selling. Um <laughs> And he's quite impressed. He he kind of views the trade as extremely even. I uh, think Zeke has a short shelf life, um, but Cooper is really going to only go up with Watson coming back. So, you know, Williams is someone, even though he's injured, but he does, coming into the season, everyone viewed him as a top five running back. Didn't really get a chance to show it this year, but, you know, with the injury and the fact that now it could be, you know, I think J.K. Dobbins is scaring everyone in terms of how, like, the recovery will be for that injury. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, I think the question that Nick has now for me is, you know, what's going to happen now with my team? You know, am I going to be selling, buying? You know, where's the direction I'm going to go? Um, you know, we'll talk about playoffs in a little bit, but it's it's an uphill battle, even though I got the win this week. I don't think it's, you know, in the cards for me to make the playoffs this year. Um, unless some crazy fluky stuff happens, which, you know, stranger things have happened. But I'd say it's probably fair that I probably will continue to s- sell. Um, I think this is more of a retool um, run for my squad rather than an all-out tank and blowing it up. So I think guys on my squad, you know, I'm anyone listening, you know, our three listeners, I'm happy to move anyone on my team or talked to move anyone on my team. You know, I didn't think I was going to move George Pickens, but, you know, Steve and I got together and that was a deal that just made sense or so I thought. Um, So anyone on my team is fair game. I will happily talk about any player, Um, but I think, you know, I'm viewing it as a retool. I think next year, um, you know, the goal would be, you know, competing back for a playoff spot. So, you know, think of that as whatever you want. Um, But anyone on my team, I am happy, happily, you know, ready to talk and willing to move if you're interested in ahead of the December 8th trade deadline. So hit me up if you want to talk about any guys in my squad. Yep, that trade deadline coming around the corner, which we can yep. lose half the content we talk about on these podcasts. Mm-hmm. A week from Thursday, December 8th, 11 a.m. Central Time. It's going down. Um, all right, Dan, anything else before we move on um, to kind of some playoff, you know, scenario talking? No, I think I'm good. Perfect. So this past week, you know, week 12, we saw saw some interesting results. I won. You know, I got two points this week. Jir got two points this week. Sam and Zane, they got zero points this week. Um, in the, the game that we thought Adam was going to dominate, Stefan, you know, after some trades, 
dominated this week, you know, high score and got the win and is all tied up in that division in the um, Justice League. Um, Kevin got two points, but he's still kind of dragging around. So let's kind of like break down with how the divisions are sitting right now with two weeks to go. Uh, when we look in the Justice League, Adam and Stefan are both tied at with a 20 and four record. As of today, Adam has the the lead because of the point advantage. Uh, right now, he's up about 65 points on Stefan uh, with two weeks to go. That's something that could definitely get made up. But, you know, the easiest way to take the lead is just to have the, you know, head-to-head, or excuse me, the, the point advantage. Uh, Kevin is still technically alive. He's down four points. But realistically, it's not going to happen. I don't think Kevin's making the one seed. Uh, he would have to go 4-0. And then see both Adam and Stefan go 0 and 4. And then Kevin has to make up 200, either 220 points on Adam or, you know, 160 points on Stefan. Or he's got to make up both those points. So, yeah, Kevin's not getting the one seed. Um, how are you viewing Adam and Stefan with two weeks to go um, in this battle for the one seed and the, you know, the all important buy in Justice League? I think it comes down to the matchups we see this, we see this week. Adam plays Kevin. And yeah. And Stefan does not play a team. Yeah. When we look at final two games, Adam plays Kevin this week, wraps up against you, Dan, and yep. Stefan gets Steve and then wraps up against Chris. Uh, you definitely give the heavy advantage to Stefan uh, in that it, you know situation. Stefan definitely has the most likely to go 4 0, 100%. That is, that is there. The game that could trip Adam up is what Kevin's team does this week. Yep. I think that's 100% where this comes down to. Because if Kevin's team shows up and Zane team, Zane's team doesn't, or I'm sorry, Adam's team doesn't, uh, that's a uh-oh. That you can basically put that on fucking Stefan. Three and one is not good enough for Adam. It has to be four and oh, because Stefan's going to go 4-0. and So what's what's the call? I From day one, Stefan. Stefan's taking the one seed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll stick with Adam. I think he's going to do it. I believe, um, but I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the points can be closed because Kevin or Adam's got the sixty-five ish point lead right now. Um, if Stefan just keeps dominating, doesn't matter what Adam does because he's going to catch him. So made up yep. already thirty it's points this last week, basically. Yeah. Say thirty um, points a week is proven it can be done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, so Kevin's locked up into the third seed, and he'll play whoever fails. Uh, to get the buy in the Justice League division. Yep. When we shift gears to the Avengers division, it's very interesting. When you look at it, there's four teams still alive for the playoffs. And technically, all four teams are alive for the one seed. At Sam's team is number one in the vid- division, but he technically could miss the playoffs. Now, that's not going to happen. It's a stretch. Yeah, it's, it's a big it's stretch. A, right? It's a very similar situation with Kevin. Uh, t- for that to happen, Sam would have to go 0-4. I would have to go four and zero, and make up two hundred points. That's probably that's you know happening. that's probably not happening. But when we look at the things right now, um, Sam is eighteen and six, Zane and Jer are both sixteen and eight, and I am fourteen and ten. Um, for Sam, if he goes three and one or better, he clinches the one seed. There's nothing Zane, Jer, or myself could do. But if he goes two and two, then the doors open for Zane and Jer who have to go at least 4-0 then at that point, and make up the point advantage. As of today, Zane is the top point scorer in the division. He's up about uh, 80 points on Sam, and he's up about 250 points on Jer. So for Jer's perspective, he's got to just pass Zane outright uh, in the standings to hypothetically then get to the one seed. For Sam, or for Zane and Sam, though, if Zane maintains the point advantage... You know, he doesn't have to worry about getting the one ahead in the lost column or win column. Um, so and then for me, obviously, I'm two games behind Zane and Jer um, after Zane's two game loss uh, last week. And, you know, Jerry didn't drop any games, but I'm substantially behind uh, Zane in the points uh, right now. I'm down about 280 um, and against Jerry, I'm down about 40 points. Um, how do you see this shaking out? So this is an interesting piece to it. So let's let's start with with matchups. Yep. So Sam has to play Armand this week. Yep. 
big win for Sam. That's almost that's a hundred percent a guaranteed point. So that's gonna that's gonna solidify him to make. I, I think that it's pretty much gonna lock up the one seed for him. I think it's just just the fact that you're getting one play in our mind. You're forecasted to score in the top five. That's yep. that's two right there. When because when you look at his matchup in week fourteen. He's got Nick Ruth. He's got Nick Ruth. Yep. That to me, that's just like the cut and dry version of where this is going to turn out. Unless Sam gets hit with Kevin's alter ego in <laughs> in the fantasy Reaper. Yeah. That I mean, granted, McCaffrey is a question mark. Etn's questionable. Um, you don't but know I think about he's just, Yep. Kamara has a buy right now. Um, his running backs are a little in the questionable field, but I don't think it makes a difference. I think, I think this division just purely on the last couple weeks matchup screams that that Sam locks this up pretty quick. Locks up the one seed. Yeah, locks up the one seed. Okay. Um, and, as far as you go yep. on the outside looking in, you play Jerry. In yeah. Week fourteen. So that's how we finish. So depending on how Jerry handles Nick this week, but you play, you play Zane, and yeah. that's a. This is a make or break week for you. Because last week was a make or break week against Sam. I'm, I've, I've been in playoff mode. Up. I've been in playoff mode since week uh, twelve. And going week. through a couple rebuild, I I think you're on the outs. I, yeah. that's just my opinion. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I you I feel pretty sure you feel the same way. I but, do. It. Yeah. If, if it was one one game at this point, if I was behind Zane and Jer, I'd feel a little bit more confident. That's just how important that would be. But I mean, two games with basically only four points left. That's tough. I mean, thankfully, like the points between Jerry and I is not insurmountable by any means, but like two games, that's, you know, it's asking a lot. Um, I, I need, you know, them to go two and two or worse, and I need to go four and oh. Um, that, that's a tall order. It's not impossible. It's definitely not impossible, but it's, it's going to be rough. I, I'm not, I'm not expecting it as, you know, I wouldn't have traded Amari Cooper, you know, Zeke, if I was feeling super confident. Um, and I wouldn't be entertaining trades for any other players on my team if I was feeling that confident. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, I don't have my roster isn't no slouch. So I could definitely make things uncomfortable for Zane this week, maybe, um, you know, make things uncomfortable for Jerry next week, maybe. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yep. Each week, any given Sunday, right? Yeah, I mean, time. anybody can beat anybody. Yep, stranger things can happen. So we've got, we both agree Sam's getting the one seed, and we both agree that I'm, you know, on the outside looking in. Yep. So a question, though. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious if I'll be mathematically alive next week. That, that'll be the big question. Uh, and I think that, yeah, that depends on what Jerry does this week from a point standpoint. Oh, yeah. But, well, and it, I mean, it'll be interesting because if I beat Zane, I mean, Zane's going to be. You know, do we see anyone get desperate? Because this will be after this week, you know, we'll still have a few days before the trade deadline. You know, if I win, if if Jer loses, if Zane loses, whatever combination, does someone get I don't want to say desperate, but do we see like a panic trade? I don't know, but I think I, it's I, all I injury dependent. It. It's all injury it. dependent for me. If there's a an ACL, and again, we never wish this upon everybody. Anytime we talk about these pieces, I feel obligated to say this is not what we wish upon anybody. We we believe in if people could play and not get hurt, that's the best thing in the entire world. Yeah, this is a hundred percent injury dependent, one thousand percent. There will be an overpay coming mm-hmm. into this week. I just I, like something in my bones says that this is what somebody's going to overpay for an asset because they need it. So and what that asset gonna- might be. I think only it's because ju- of injury. Only because of injury, 100%, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Um, anything else before we move up to the Week 13 matchups? Not that I have. Do you want to go through um, Nick's Week 11 recap? Not Which really. I believe is – wait, are we in week, 11 week 11 or Week 12? We just finished Week 12. Yeah, Nick, get your fucking spreadsheet together. What the fuck? Making <laughs> me look like a jackass out here. You know, he, he was testing, fuck. yeah. No, fuck that noise. He's lucky. Right. he's lucky he's got my fucking godson. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, let's jump into the matchups for week 13. And we'll start with the toss-up, or with the gimme, the softball. Stefan taking on Steve this week. Um, does Stefan double up Steve this week in points? I, 
Yes. I think that. Does he triple up? I don't think he triples up, but give me give me a four-man parlay here in Dak, Aaron Jones, Hayden Hurst, and Joe Mixon to outscore all of Steve's team. Put some respect on Mike White. I, I mean... I, I go ahead, make your make your plea in Minnesota. No, but it, I mean, it looks like uh, for uh, Adam, or excuse me, Steve doesn't have a full lineup set. Uh, Mooney's out for the year. Terrace Marshall's on a bye. So he's got to have two guys substituted in, but Pickens are awfully slim. Uh, on that, his that's, why, that's why I went with four players and not three. Okay. All right, but it's a clean sweep. We're all taking Stefan this week. Yep. All right, let's move on to the matchup that doesn't really matter uh dan it's your matchup taking on chris this week i hate that i have two starting quarterbacks on thursday night it's like the worst thing i hate thursday night games for not only did the nfl torture us with you know broncos country let's ride fuck russell wilson like i fucking i thursday night's forever sour to me and i gotta watch josh allen go into new england to play and i i think i'm just scurned by the fact that last time these guys played um, not last time, but the last time last year where Mac Jones had all three passing attempts. It wasn't pretty. It was fucking ugly. Um, I'm taking myself here. There's just too many. I like too many of my matchups a little bit there. And I think that I the fact that I have a second starting quarterback, albeit Mac Jones, I think it's just a better play for me. Interesting. So I'm I'm going with Chris in the upset. Yeah, I well, so I mean, so I'm banking on the assumption that, you know, Mr. Jamar Chase will be back this week. Um, And I think, you know, that's a huge piece for, you know, Chris's team. And I like the Jimmy Garoppolo matchup against Miami. I think that Miami San Fran game is very exciting just because of the personnel going against each other. Um, Could be a track meet, you know, could be a high scoring game. I think that'll be a fun one to watch. So I'm Nick's taking you as well, Dan, but I'm going with Chris in the upset. Uh, last week we all went three and three, um, so I'm a game behind you and Mr. Ruth. So here's my chance to make something up. I respect the play. All right, let's move on to another, um, you know, game this week or another kind of gimme matchup, and that is Sam taking on Armand. I definitely clicked on the wrong matchup. Give me a second to find that real quick. No worries. Nope, I've got it. I mean, not that I needed to find it, but I think this is just a lock. For, for Sam. Geno Smith has been absolutely outstanding all year. This has been a diamond in the rough for for Geno. I think even if you watch Justin Fields come back, I don't think there's a way that you want to Fields against I don't know, maybe. I, this is really shitty to have to make the conversation about which quarterback do I start? Which running back do I start? Um, for Armand, there's just not enough firepower. Um for Armand, Kyron Williams, rookie out of Notre Dame, this is this is where you want to see him do fun things. The, he outtouched fucking Cam Akers. Um, is he going to be the future out in Seattle? And I think Seattle thinks he's he's going to get the job done. So the, for me, for Armand, the biggest thing I want to see is is um, Kyron Williams break twenty points this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all taking Sam this week. I, I don't think Armand has the firepower. Um, DJ Moore is on by, doesn't really have a, you know, I guess J.K. Dobbins could be back this week. Um, but if not, you know, the running back position is kind of rough. Um, and, you know, your boy at tight end, Taysom Hill, isn't going to do him any favors. Nope. So give me Sam in the clean sweep for us. All right, now we get into some more of the competitive games. And let's talk about slight. This one isn't quite as competitive, but uh, Nick Ruth taking on Jer. Yeah, I think this is just a Nick has some interesting pieces, mm-hmm. like he does. Trevor Lawrence, um, Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Justin Herbert, who has been kind of a disappointment a little bit, right? Like, yeah, he's I had mean, some up. He's had some rough games. Last two weeks, he's been on point, but, you know, prior to that, it was kind of a rough, rough by Herbert's standard, uh, six or seven game stretch. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's getting on, you know, potentially on, you know, the right or the up and up. Um, and, you know, this is an intriguing to good matchup against the Raider, Raiders. So we'll see what he does. Yeah. Jerry has James Conner on a bye who looked absolutely spectacular last week. Um, he does have Isaiah Pacheco to back it up. The question becomes is if Travis Etienne is out, James Robinson probably is going to play. So this opens the door for a Jermichael Hasty play to be relevant. Um, not a whole lot of additional pieces sitting on Jerry's roster outside of what he has. Um, Romeo Dobbs has been, you know, kind of rough with it. Christian Watson's really bloomed, but thankfully for enough, oh, Jerry has Christian Watson. Um, which has been a, a big play thing, and Rodgers has really had the connection. Rodgers says he's going to go this week. He was on McAfee's show today, said he's going to go. Okay. But I, I mean, granted, Love went six for nine, which is super encouraging. Had a touchdown, deep touchdown to Watson. I'll take Jerry. Yeah, we're, we're sweeping. We're all going with Jerry this week. I think it's just, you know, similar to the Armand game, just too much firepower for Jerry's team to, you know, for Nick to surmount this. Um, you know, so Jerry rounded into the form uh, week 13. All right, let's talk about my matchup versus Zane. Um, how are we feeling about this one, Dan? My question for you is how do you feel about Russell Wilson? Uh, you know, I at this point, I'm just blaming everything on Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But I think the worst thing about this entire matchup yeah. is – You've got Kyler Murray on a bye, but you do pick up Deshaun Watson, who is starting against a really rough Houston defense. Coming home, though. It's... Yep, coming home. But, I mean, you also stack it with Njoku. Yep. Um, you always find good tight ends. You've got Dolchich, which has been the shining light to Russell Wilson. So you're playing a couple stacks in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Marco Andrews drop a pass last week, and it was very concerning because it hit him right in the hands. Yeah, that um, was a rough game for Baltimore. Yeah, but you you offset Zane offsets you with Lamar Jackson, number one wide receiver in the league. In Tyreek Hill does carry a small questionable status mm-hmm. coming into this week, so that's something to be concerned about. Um, Jelani Woods was a thing, looked real good coming out of it. I don't know if that was a fluke game, but he appears to be Matt Ryan's favorite tire or favorite target. God damn it, Michael Pittman owners. Um, yeah. Matt Ryan isn't very good, but yeah. No, I, I'm just saying, like, it's he had a good week, and that's part of the reason. Oh, yeah. Why. Yeah, for sure. My big question is going to be what is the health of Aaron Rodgers going to be like? Baker's on a bye. That's the only other quarterback that's on this roster, which means you have to potentially start D hop on a bye. You've got Tyler Lockett, okay? Mm-hmm. Outside of that, Randall Cobb is the next best option. That's not really a good play to go. So this Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play, um, but we'll find out. Yeah, we definitely are starting to see Zane's uh, roster depth push to the brink a little bit, you know, with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, on IR, Dallas Goddard on IR, um, you know, the buys now. Um, it's a little bit tough, you know, and we'll see, especially as Zane wants to, you know, push for, I'm assuming the one seed, um, not just make the playoffs, but, you know, make things comfy for himself. So, but even with all that said, I mean, Zane, I think just has the better team this week. So I'm going with Zane. I know Nick's going with Zane. Who are you going with? Zane. All right. And that brings us up to the last matchup of the week. Um, Could be a playoff preview. Uh, Kevin is taking on Adam this week. How are we feeling about this one, Dan? Um, sorry, my one of my associates is having problems in the house. I was like, I'm recording a, record a podcast. He's like, Well, I have this issue, so let's make this quick. Um, I have to find the right matchup though. Kevin and Adam got it. All right, Adam has Patrick Mahomes, he has a banged up Najee Harris, he has running back number one, Austin Eckler, he has. Wide receiver number one, Stefan Diggs. He has wide receiver number two, Justin Jefferson. He has Dalton Schultz, who had a great week last week. And then he has this questionable guy named Taylor Hineke. And I say questionable just because he hasn't. He showed up, but the commanders find ways to win games. 
Patterson had a good week. Jeff Wilson will have a good week. There's a lot of firepower on the Adams roster. Derek Carr, good games, bad games. Henry, stud. Singletary has good games. Gabriel Davis plays behind Stephon Diggs. Zay Jones has had a breakout year this year. Like, I'm just going to say that. Zay Jones has been the most fantasy relevant he's ever been. Jonathan Taylor, great. Adam Thielen, oh, just Jefferson on the other side. Brady versus Mariota. Melvin Gordon has a backup job in Kansas City. I think looking at the roster spots, the selections that come here, I feel like this does heavily favor Adam taking care of business against Kevin. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I, you know, I think it's just we're seeing too much cream uh, on the top here for Adam's team versus Kevin's squad, who, you know, you like Derrick Henry, obviously. You like Travis Kelsey, of course. You like Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, after that, you know, it's good options. I, I just, I don't know about if I see many great options at that point. So I'm going with Adam this week. So and Nick goes, yep, Adam. Are you going with Adam as well, sir? I'm taking Adam. All right. So it looks like we the it's only matchup game. we yep the only matchup we matchup we are different on is Chris taking on you and uh I'm going with Chris and you guys are going with you Dan. So we'll see yep. if uh, and Nick and I are tied, right? Yep, you guys are tied. So the lead won't change from your perspective. The question is, will we all be tied or will I be two games back after this week? Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, anything else before we wrap up, Dan? No, I got to go take care of some work shit, unfortunately. 8.30 at fucking night, and I got people trying to make me 100 bucks in the house. What the fuck? No worries at all. Well, uh, just a reminder, trade deadline is December 8th, 11 a.m., um, and best of luck in week 13. Until yeah, next trade. time. Give us content. We want content. Oh, yeah. Bring it on, guys. Till then, have a good one. Peace.